Hi, I'm Patricia Lundy. And I'm Evan Vujkovic. Your co-host for this episode of Aragon Researchers Podcast, Aragon Live. The podcast for business and IT leaders where Aragon analysts share actionable insights to help you and your business move faster. We're glad you're here. And once again, it's time to discuss the future of work. In this episode, Adrian Bowles, Aragon Lead Analyst for AI, Ken Delaney, Aragon Lead Analyst for Enterprise Mobility, and Jim Lundy, CEO of Aragon, discuss the implications of the recent Jive software acquisition, predictions about Apple's iPhone 8, competition between Microsoft and Apple, Facebook's new hires, and more. Let's just dive in. So Jive was announced on Monday, May 1st, that they were being sold for $462 million to basically a private equity firm called ESW uh, through one of its acquisitions called Wave Systems. About 1.8x the revenues. Uh, so kind of a, uh, not a, not a fire sale, but almost. And, um, you know, contrast that. I mean, it's a restructuring deal, right? The, the private equity firms, you know, bought them so they could basically turn over management and restructure it. Well, they, they didn't say, this is the problem. Uh, they didn't announce anything. Jive legally is not announced, uh, allowed to say anything. They had not got their SEC filing in. So essentially, they're kind of in a quiet period. Uh, kind of a bad way to start a customer event where, hey, we're announcing all this stuff that we're going to ship in Q4, which, by the way, none of it was designed. It was just mock-ups. I don't know what Jive's been doing for the last year, to be honest with you. So they announced all this stuff as Q4, and Jive couldn't say anything other than, you know, you have to talk to our new owners. And um, basically, um, the owner said, yeah, we'll, 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 we're going to stay, we'll, we're just going to wait. We can't really commit to anything. So it was kind of poor execution on the timing of that. I think the new owners wanted to be there. Um, they, uh, CEO of the company told me at dinner that they had other offers from better-known companies that were much lower, but this was the highest price they could get. So it does kind of signal that the, um, you know, as the players that, you know, started this market uh, have been sold off, other players like Workplace by Facebook are just getting started. And, you know, the Workplace by Facebook announcements, which were... Um, Single analyst. 
tricked him into answering the question about, hey, hey how fast are you going to grow this business? He had all the numbers on the tip of his tongue. Yeah, we grow this kind of a business, you know, 20%. We don't want to go more than 50%. So what that just told me was when he answered it, he didn't really realize it, is that, you know, this is basically, as Ken, you said, it's going to be a restructuring. He would not commit to saying that he's going to keep all the jive engineers around to develop all the products that he just showed to the customers. And he said, look, we, 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 we can't say anything. Uh, he smiled. It was nice. He just spinning it. But at the end of the day, you know, they're going to lay off people. All right. Apple. So, and this, uh, this stuff continues to be in the news. Uh, there's royalty payment disputes with uh, uh, manufacturers that Apple pays uh, with Qualcomm. And uh, there's also uh, Imagination Technologies, which does uh, graphics processors for Apple and tap of uh, uh, Imagination's revenues. Uh, they're not happy about it. They're making noise. But Apple only said they intend to stop using them down the road. Uh, on top of that, they had uh, quarterly revenues of $52.9 billion, which is about $2 billion um, more than last year, same quarter last year. Uh, slightly under their revenue uh, expectations. Uh, basically, all the uh, financial analysts are saying, look, we're just waiting for the iPhone 8. You know, they continue to deliver, but we're waiting for the iPhone 8. So, I think the iPhone 8 is going to do pretty well. I think, actually, they're going to have, you know, but rumors according or say that they're going to have an organic light-emitting diode, a very, you know, a screen that you can find on Samsung phones today. But uh, it it could be priced as much as a thousand dollars for a reason you know reasonable amount of storage, uh, and I think you know the Apple aficionados probably are ready for that type of phone. Uh, less bezel it shows and uh, better camera. You know it just seems like one of those things that they'll probably you know like they do every couple of years really hit a home run with it. So I think it'll do pretty well. Uh, Overall sales for Apple, I think, probably will stay, you know, relatively flat because it's very difficult to grow the giant market that they have by any significant percentage point. But what I, I would say for people should look out for is I think Apple's finally going to get into some other things. Uh, the big the big thing we've been all waiting for is for them to do something reasonable in television. I mean, if you look at uh, TiVo, Roku, even what's in the smart TVs, with Google TV and, and other efforts, they've really been uh, taking advantage of the cutting the cord phenomenon that's sort of swept the television industry. And Apple Apple TV has just always been, as they said many years ago, a hobby kind of thing. They sold a few of them, but really haven't pushed forward. But I have a suspicion; it's just a suspicion that they may, you know, now try to really get in this business because to wait much longer would to be would be to miss a huge content play where they potentially could make a lot of money. I mean, the undercurrent here is that the television industry, you know, we've seen Comcast subscriptions decline. I mean, the, the big cable operators' subscriptions decline. More people watching things on smartphones and TVs, cable cutting, over-the-top, you know, it's called uh, delivery of content, people being able to select what they want, people time-shifting. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things going on here that really portend, uh, you know, a big change in, in how people view video content. 
So I think, you know, it's it's a background thing to watch, but I think something may happen along those lines. Maybe not at the phone event, but something in the fall, especially for Christmas. Yeah. You know, we have an Apple TV in our conference room, and we use it mainly to uh, uh, post, uh, you know, share screens um, in meetings, and it works pretty well. But um, And I use Apple TV, but there's, you know, I'll, I'll note that Hulu just launched their live TV service for uh, 39 bucks a month for 50 channels. Uh, Slingbox. Sling TV. What's that? Sling, Sling TV has that. <clears throat> yeah, Sling TV, yeah. Okay, but, you know, Roku has embedded their technology into TCL uh, TVs that are available on Costco. They've done some very nice things. I mean, it's really, there's a lot of undercurrent about things changing here. Hey, so Google, uh, Google got attacked, a Google Doc phishing scam that we got some emails on. Uh, Google uh, basically um, shut that all down last night, but it happened pretty fast, and it was a pretty nasty worm. And um, they were basically attacking OAuth, uh, basically because, you know, when you have OAuth turned on, it basically is authenticating you automatically, so they were attacking that part of uh, Google's uh, security infrastructure, so they're found a vulnerability. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen the new Microsoft Service, but uh, that was splashed a couple of days ago, um, clearly targeting the $1,000 laptop area and Apple. Uh, machine looks pretty fantastic. Okay. I read that it wasn't a two-in-one. In other words, it's not backflipping on itself. It it simply just opens clamshell style. But um, yeah, I think I think you're right. Then you know, along those lines, Microsoft said we're still going to announce phones, but they may not look like the phones you use. So Nardella left sort of a mystery in people's hands about what he's going to do. It's going to be tough for them to do much of anything. Maybe they're just talking about vertical markets, but uh, at least that's what he said. So it's a 13.5-inch laptop. I will work with the Windows 10S operating system. I don't know what 10S is. 10S is like the home uh, version. And if you upgrade to the Pro version, you can't go back to the S version. So they're clearly, uh, I think they're clearly targeting Apple. Um, right. They talked about the keyboard. Cool the keyboard kids, was kind of funky. School kids, university kids. But here's the thing. I mean, so $1,000, I'm sitting next to a guy at the Jive event who's had a Dell uh, Chromebook for a year, and it was 200 bucks. So I think this Chromebook phenomenon, particularly in schools, I mean, and, and I think for certain classes of, of knowledge workers, I mean, how can you beat that price? $200 to $400. I mean, it's incredible. So I think that puts both Microsoft and Apple on notice. Well, as long as you're okay with, you know, web web content for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Most enterprises right. probably couldn't live, couldn't live with that. 
schools, universities, sure. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so uh, that puts more pressure on Apple to uh, keep refreshing. Um, you know, it really, you know, I would say that uh, Apple has gotten inconsistent in their release schedules for some of their hardware, other than iPhone, which powers their business. Uh, they've gotten, you know, I just got to say kind of sloppy. But, uh, you know, late, late on iMac, uh, MacBook Pro, you know, really didn't get the right processors for the units. And, uh, and, and I will give them credit. They're starting to have focus groups with customers so they can get better data. Um, and then there's Acer and HP. They lost some 299 Windows S laptops. So I guess this Windows S is the, uh, is the new home, home edition. Uh, by the way, Facebook also had their earnings, um, and uh, they delivered pretty, pretty solid, uh, pretty solid revenue. I think around eight billion, uh, seven point eight billion. So, um, so you start looking at these companies that basically uh, have public social networks. Now, I mean, really, what's powering Facebook is ad revenue. Um, so, you know, they're going to be a pretty big company. Uh, when you start talking about, you know, they're already at about 30, 30 34 billion. Um, you know, that is, you know, creeping up on, over the next couple of years, creeping up on Microsoft and IBM. That's interesting. What other shorts anybody have? Adrian, you got any shorts? I'm actually nothing in my own area, but speaking of Facebook, did you see that they're announced they're going to hire 3,000 people to monitor content? Yes. I guess that is in my own area since it, they're doing it with people instead of technology. Um, yeah, they're supposed to um, be hiring 3,000 people to review videos looking for stuff like um, crimes and uh, violence. So I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, a company that has arguably one of the um, leading groups working on uh, machine learning and uh, video analysis uh, is hiring 3,000 people to keep up with the, uh, the problem. By the way, in terms of hiring people, there was a, a news article about Infosys, which is an Indian outsourcer, going to hire 10,000 U.S. workers. So some of the administration's policies about trying to get more things on, on shore may have scared some of the uh, companies about uh, adding more workers in the U.S. And Apple also made a uh, uh, statement about hiring more workers in the U.S., so some uh, interesting changes economically from that perspective. Hmm. Isn't very interesting. Uh, a couple of things. So at Docu, uh, we were at the DocuSign Momentum, uh, so a little bit of a deep dive on that. Um, uh, the big thing they were showing was uh, payments. 
uh, payments or something they announced last year to really, I think, just getting ready to ship that. Uh, basic payments, ideal for real estate, uh, rental, you know, uh, transactions. You sign a lease, you can do your first payment. Uh, they're still working on recurring payments, but I think for the real estate market, that's a home run because you can do it all in one transaction. And it was very simple, very easy. So I think that they'll crush that in real estate. Not sure about uh, some of the other areas other than, um, you know, potentially. I uh, don't know that you necessarily do that for online things because that's really not, you're not signing something. You're just basically paying. But I think that was uh, pretty cool. The other big thing is the, you know, the new CEO uh, was on stage. So it was really a transition event. Uh, not the same amount of uh, sponsors, uh, you know, probably 40 fewer uh, sponsors than last year. Uh, so uh, general consensus is, you know, did they take the out of the water? They deny it. But, you know, I mean, look, you could basically go talk to almost everybody in, in less than 30 minutes because they're just, you know, about 12 or 13 uh, sponsors on the floor. Now, there were bigger uh, sponsors besides IBM. Uh, Google was a sponsor, but Google did not have a booth. Um, so, yeah, we spent a little time down there, uh, you know, kind of checking it out. But, uh, you know, very good buzz with clients. They had New York Stock Exchange on stage. They had Cisco on stage, Chief Digital Officer. He shared some interesting facts about Cisco. Uh, they talked about their uh, their uh, community involvement with Special Olympics and Tim Shriver. Told some incredible stories about the Kennedys, um, which, you know, this was kind of cool because, you know, one of the Kennedys... Uh, was a uh, um, special ed uh, patient. And so the Kennedy family is really involved. In so DocuSign, that was a big thing. No major news, I think, on product. Um, you know, they're still rolling out their, their digital signature versus electronic signature. That's all rolled into the product. So you can, you know, basically with some of the digital signature things, it's using two-factor authentication. So, you know, I don't want to say so what, but, you know, that's okay, that's great, but, you know, that's just two-factor authentication. But a good buzz at the event, um, pretty solid customer turnout. Um, we happened to go to dinner last night at one of our favorite Italian places, and we walked in, and the whole upper floor of the restaurant was uh, the central region for DocuSign with all their customers, and so it wasn't a big room, uh, but it was, you know, it was taken over. <laughs> So they asked us, like, are you here for the DocuSign dinner? Uh, should we be? But no. We went to. Uh, yeah. So you remained objective by declining the vendor's offer. That's good. Uh, well, they didn't really offer. They said, well, we're, we're kind of full here. So said, no, we have a reservation. Don't worry. We're not, we're not going to take your seats. Uh, yeah. Uh, So there was a Red Hat event this week. Uh, they talked about OpenShift.io, which was uh, basically uh, online, you know, allowing people to build online uh, Kubernetes-based uh, OpenShift, uh, you know, kind of you know, apps. So I mean, this whole containerization thing is, is still getting its sea legs, but uh, Red Hat is trying to. Uh, Make a play for doing that, you know, all online. So that was kind of cool. Um, looking at 
some of the other. Yes, yeah, so the, the service laptop does look slick, uh, very thin, looks like a Chromebook. So anyway, that was, that was interesting. So we basically got, you know, a new season of laptop boards, but it's funny, I said that uh, Google and, and uh, is being pressured, is pressuring Apple and Microsoft, and that's the articles, you know, when I look at some of the articles out there, and that they're basically, basically uh, all scrambling to try to counter their, uh, the Chromebook, because it's basically becoming the dominant platform in schools, so, you know, you don't have the whole deal there. Uh, there's some various stuff around some of the uh, uh, VR displays, uh, the Ear VR, Google Daydream. But we have a VR unit, by the way. We'll be doing a little uh, VR work at our offsite next week. So uh, for the clients listening to this recording, we have an Aragon Research offsite once or twice a year, and we're going to be doing some uh, some experimentation with some VR units to uh, get some hands on. Um, you know, uh, by the way, uh, and just FYI, I mean, Amazon, and uh, no news, but Amazon continues to uh, hire uh, industry tech veterans into their AWS and their, uh, their work uh, workspace business group. Uh, somebody, I think, Adrian, that you know, uh, Ken, you may know, or Sandy Carter, just announced on LinkedIn that she's going to the Amazon business in AWS. I'm not sure of the title, but it's a vice president. So again, she was a 25-year uh, IBM executive. And so uh, Amazon is snapping, uh, snapping people up, and you know they're just you know their cloud AWS unit is powering um, their revenue growth, and uh, now they're starting to basically double down on talent. Well, I think we're probably going to see um, a number of those moves from either uh, current or recently departed IBM execs. Nancy Pearson just went to a startup. She was at IBM for a very long time in senior marketing roles. I know Nancy, so really, so there's there's a massive exit going on with IBM marketing. Uh, okay, so I'm not seeing anything uh, killer here. Uh, Oh, you know, by the way, um, there's there's some things that Google's been doing uh, that are getting into related areas. There's a recruiting app that Google's doing, but uh, also the Google execs are leaving and uh, starting different startups, too. So, you know, the whole, you know, wheel of circle continues. Oh, and I missed one short on Verizon. So one of the things that was a quiet little article of Verizon selling their uh, kind of their shutdown hosting unit to IBM, and that was a day after they sold 29 data centers to Equinix, which you know is the largest kind of white label you know data center where basically people say we have a cloud, and they're basically just running an Equinix data center. So uh, interesting moves by uh, a carrier uh, to basically get out of a hosted space. Uh, and the IE cloud space altogether. Uh, no, really didn't say much about other than IBM and Verizon going to work on some new initiatives. Uh, and by the way, the Equinix deal for Verizon data centers was uh, 23.6 billion. Uh, that's uh, kind of 
you know, I, my take is that Verizon, um, you know, and I've had Verizon participate in a number of panels and I've done some events, a CIO event at Commonwealth, Pennsylvania for about four years in a row. And, you know, they always showed up and they always had somebody from their, one of their quote cloud subsidiaries, but they never really said anything. And I don't think Verizon was ever really committed to that business. So I think that just signals and you guys, uh, CenturyLink, that's you know still in that space. You know, is CenturyLink going to stay in that? Are they going to uh, get out of that? So I think you know, you look at the tier two cloud players versus the mega cloud players. I think there's extreme pressure, uh, you know, on how much it takes. And Microsoft allegedly, you know, last year put 10 billion in their uh, Azure business unit uh, to keep uh, the expansion going because they're they're chasing Amazon. And uh, IBM is, uh, has challenges Google is not getting credit for what it's doing because there's just not as enterprise friendly as they need to be. So there's a massive, massive, uh, you know, battle going on. And you know, we saw these. I think we just saw casually Verizon blink and said we're not going to be in that business. So I think it's probably a smart move for them because they have to keep investing, you know, in their core business. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to Aragon Research's Aragon Live podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Thanks for tuning in.